Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the first episode of season nine of A Day in the Life of the Alpha Woman, the official podcast of the Easy Breezy Life community. We have a fantastic guest joining us today. But before I get into that, I want to make sure that I encourage you to sign up for our newsletter, follow us on social media. And if this episode actually resonates with you, I want you to share it with someone in your community. We're talking about a very, very important issue today. And it is extremely um, important to me that you get what you need. But most importantly, if you know somebody else who needs it, that you share it with them, all right? Because this community is all about women helping women. So sharing is caring. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest for today. Ms. Ivy Caldwell is a multi-author speaker coach, certified Christian counselor, master life coach, and ordained elder, TV and podcast host. She is the founder of Footprint Enterprises, LLC, which serves Christian women who are ready to confront their childhood sexual trauma by exposing their truth to walk in freedom and wholeness. Her services include showing clients how to gain back their voice, authority, and confidence back through her coaching program, stepping into a new you. It is possible to not be plagued by the pains of your past if you expose it. God desires to do a new thing in you. Welcome, Miss Ivy. How you doing today? <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, and I am doing wonderful. Fantastic. I want to thank you for agreeing to come on and to be a blessing to our community today. Um, I know that in our conversation leading up to this, I was encouraged. I was excited about your book being a, a survivor of childhood sexual trauma myself. So I know that what we are about to share today is going to rock the foundation of somebody's world, but also be a blessing to them. So thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, thank you for honoring the call on your life. And thank you for being so brave to talk about something that I know in our community, people are very hesitant to step forward and share about. Amen. You are welcome. With that being said, uh, I want to talk, I want to encourage you to talk a little bit about yourself, right? Like what, what led you to doing this work? Um, what personal experiences led you to dealing with sexual trauma? Uh, the personal experiences started on my ninth birthday. Uh, you know, I woke up that day excited as most little girls would, thinking, you know, what gifts would I get today? Who's coming over? Am I going to have a cake, a party, or whatever? And then I got a phone call. And on the other end of the phone call, the voice said, I have a surprise for you. So now I have all this anticipation and excitement. I just can't wait to see what this surprise is going to be. Later in the day, so I go down to head to the home of the person that called me. I was alone. Um, I walked up the stairs and I can remember smelling uh, all of these aromas because he liked to cook. And so I got in the house, uh, sat on the couch. I can remember vividly he was uh, watching football, a football game. He was cooking. And then he sat next to me on the couch. Now I'm going to give a warning and a trigger. I have no shame, no guilt, no fear, no condemnation. Jesus carried it all on the cross. Amen. But as he sat there next to me, he began to unbutton my navy blue blouse. And I can remember I had clear buttons. This is true. This is real because of the details that I remember. 
I remember trying to move his hand away, but no matter what I did on that day as a nine-year-old girl, he had ulterior motives. He had already set the stage for what he intended to do on that day. So he lifted me up, took me in the bedroom, pleasured himself. I won't go into details, but in my coaching program, not a problem at all. When he finished, I went back to the living room and he gave me a $1 bill and a box of crackers. I remember this 10 box of crackers and he sent me on my way. I went home changed as a little girl on that day. But before that incident, I can remember being this happy, go-lucky little girl full of life. But that day, my life was changed forever. No child knows how to comprehend what has happened to them when they experience that, how to even put it into words. They're not ready for it mentally, emotionally, physically. But that is where my experience about sexual abuse began. Wow. So a family member comes to you and tells you that they're coming to celebrate you for your birthday. And despite your cries, just seems to ignore this. I'm just wondering like what's going through your head at that moment as you're looking at this adult, like, did you scream? Like, did you feel afraid? Like, what, what does that even, and, and I apologize if this feels like I'm like reliving trauma, but I just couldn't imagine being that age. And where were the other adults? What happened? No, I, I was at his home alone. I was allowed to go to his home to get my birthday gift. Um, I don't remember screaming or anything. I'm sure I was just in shock, shock and terrified that this was happening to me. Wow. Wow. So talk to me about how that impacts your coming of age story, because nine is a very highly impressionable age, right? For me, anything before the age of 10 is like setting the foundation. Yeah. Of the way we see the world and ourselves and those around us. How did this impact you growing up your teenage years? Talk to me about that. Oh, definitely. It was a major impact. So after the incident, I did not speak of it. I didn't tell anyone. I just kept it to myself. Some time had went by. I remember our uh, home catching on fire and we had to move. And I never saw this guy again. But then one day, who shows up at our home? He is now living with us. So as this little girl, I'm walking around, you know, with the fear, the anxiety, the anger, the unforgiveness. And when you, when something like that happens, then you take on this unworthiness, the low self-esteem, the self-hatred. So growing up as a teenager, I didn't like who God created me to be. I didn't like my name. I didn't like the way I look. You know, my name is Ivy. And back then, um, you know, kids would harass me, call me poison ivy, black ivy, you know, just liquid, you know, just kids being kids being mean. But today they call it bullying. 
Um, so growing up as a teenager and then the father, your real father, not in the home, not even knowing who your real father is, that plays a part in it too. It was some difficult years growing up from the age of nine to a teenager. Mm -hmm. So it opens up this, this door for low self-esteem. And you know what's so interesting, right? And I feel like I can tell you this because you're a church elder. Spiritually, there's a spiritual, we're spiritual warfare now in the back background of your life, right? Uh, because yeah. my experience has been, is like, it's, ne it's never just one thing that the enemy steal, kills, and destroy. He goes after several things. So not only did this dramatic experience happen to you, but if I had to look at it as spiritual blueprint, all of these other attacks on your identity and who you were, right? And, and and who knew that in the in, in on the inside of you at that time was a ministry, um, yeah, or a purpose or a calling, and perhaps that was what the enemy was after to begin with. So right. I know that you are a church elder. How do you go from having that experience to believing that there's a God who saves? Because it, it's oftentimes those kind of experiences that cause us to believe that God isn't real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we have to remember that. We are living um, in a world where God has given our enemy, Satan, control to work in the earth. And he looks for every opportunity, every open door. Every time we look at those ungodly things on TV, listen to something uh, worldly that we should be listening to, just taking it in, taking it in. We give him access to our lives. And he gonna come right on in and make himself at home. And he is not going to leave until you kick him out, find out who you are in Christ, find out your identity, your authority, and your power to get your life back. Because he truly wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. Mm. So right, so true. Kick him out. You know, you're the second woman this week to tell me, kick him out. So what did kicking Satan out of your life look like? Kicking him out, what does it look like? We uh, So first of all, you know, I, you know, I gave my life to Christ. All right, so now I have a new father. What, fa it's like father, that's even foreign, a father. But as you get into God's word and you study it and you meditate on it and you see how so much that God loves you and the unthinkable has happened to you. It seems like there's no way out, like there is no, no hope. But when God's love embraces you and you can sense his presence, you can feel his love. In Romans 8, 28, lets us to know what? That all things work together for our good. To those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And I mean, when God says everything, all he means exactly everything that we go through in life. He ordained it. He allowed it. And there is a purpose for it. Yes, it does not feel good. We hate it, we don't like it. You know, we fight God, we turn our back on God. You know, how could God, a loving God, let such things happen? Because we live in a fallen world, because of sin. You know what, I'm listening to you talk and it is so powerful because let me tell you why. Um, 
I've never stopped even myself to think about the impact of childhood sexual trauma on me, right? Uh, only recently, and I like to say that when you're ready, the teachers show up, right? When the student is ready, the teachers show up. Only recently did I start to inquire about God, like, Lord, what is this anger? Mm. There's this anger inside of me about injustice that comes out. Yeah. When I feel like someone's being treated mis unfairly, when something's going on in the environment, which God hates injustice. So he wants you to hate what he hates. Yeah. But I noticed that for me, the response was always so visceral, mm. right? And so I had to dig even after our initial conversation and say, could it be that the root of your anger is not that it's part of your personality, but you're mad about what happened to you as a child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and now you have become the Justice League all by yourself, right? I had a mentor who used to tell me all the time, Asada, you are not the Justice League. Like allow the universe to fix itself. I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. Right. And it's something that I'm still learning. So, so for me, having that kind of harm happen early in my life manifested as anger when I see injustice repeated. Yeah. What are some signs? Because I know that like a young impressionable mind can suppress memories just to survive. What are some signs um, of, of for women who may have suffered sexual trauma, rather it be in childhood or adult? Yeah, yeah. Anger. Um, you know, we have a right to be angry about what has happened to us. But there comes a time that we have to release that anger and forgive the offender. Why? So we can be free and move on with our lives. Um, the forgiveness is not an out for that person that harmed us. That forgiveness is for us so that we can heal and be made whole. And that righteous indignation that you have, that anger, I get the same thing. Yeah. Especially if it's a child mm -hmm. because they have no voice. They didn't ask to come here. So we use that righteous indignation to be of support, to be a voice for the voiceless. That is what we use that anger for, to get out in our communities and help others. But we must first be healed before we do go out to help and serve others. Amen. Which brings us to really talk about the fantastic work you're doing with your ministry. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you do in your coaching program and how you provide a guide uh, path, a path to women for healing? Yes, most definitely. Uh, when I started my program, I had three brave souls. Uh, their background was uh, domestic abuse, um, sexual abuse as an infant. It's like, can you imagine the effects of an, a baby sexual abuse? You know, so the first night I told them, you do not have to tell me anything. But I am going to challenge you to find someone in your circle that you trust. I know you don't know me. This is new to you. So the first night, you know, I share my story. I'm very transparent. Um, I put it all out there. I put it all on the line. I'm not hiding anything. They didn't have anything to say the first night. The second night, I'm ministering, I'm teaching. 
They didn't have anything to say. But on the third night, the third day, all right now. Interesting. Yes, God showed up on that third night. God was there. He met those women. They got the release that they needed in their spirit, their soul. They could not wait to tell me what they had experienced. And that night I sat there in awe. I can just see the light in their faces. The release came. And I was like, oh my God. I'm like, Lord, this is it. This is what you want me to do right here. To help women to get free from that sexual abuse, that domestic abuse, whatever emotional pain trauma you have to get free from it. Because God has so much in store for you. That's not the end of it, my darling. It is not the end. We're just on that journey. It's a part of your story, but you will get through it. You just got to do the work. Thank you so much um, for sharing that. I want to expand a little bit because you talk about the silence that you experienced on day one and day two, right? And I have women who I work with one-on-one to encourage them to tell their stories, right? But part of that is being able to face some really difficult, um, sometimes self-inflicted while God doesn't condemn the shameful truths. Why do you think women are so hesitant to share, even in a private space, even in a safe space, they came into this space willingly, Mm -hmm. share about experiences of sexual trauma or violence and abuse. Because, you know, I know that sometimes the only way is through. Sometimes the only way to break through is through. And with these things, we, we can't skip the stages of grief. But so often I have seen people hide and stuff it down. And then before you know it, it's becoming bitterness. It's changing your personality. You can't even have healthy friendships as what you went through. So so why so much shame? And if someone is listening in today and it's like, this is me, but I'm so afraid to speak up and speak out. What do you want them to know? Yes. The main thing is fear. Fear of judgment fear of man what will they say about me what will they think about me fear cripplizes us fear keeps us in that place of pain but once you open up your mouth freedom is on the way our voices have been muted our mouths have been closed for so long you know we figure I'm not going to say anything. I'll just continue to deal with it, go through the emotions. But on the inside, you're dying. You're not living your life to the fullest. And then something we do, how are you doing today? I'm good. We lie. We wear a mask. But it's time to take the mask off and be real so that you can be free and made whole. Amen. Um, take the mask off and be made whole. That's such an interesting point that you bring up, right? Because one of the things that I noticed in the Bible, when you look at Jesus coming up to even the blind man or the lame person, they ask me, do you, he, he's asking people, do you have a need? He can see that you're blind. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. See that the, the individual's name. I just want to know, do you know you need healing? <laughs> and so often I believe that issues of trauma, abuse, um, unless we say we have an issue, unless we confess that, you know, Lord, I don't want this anymore. Right. It's just like I said, I was like, Lord, I don't want this anger anymore. And then all of a sudden the answer started popping up. Yeah. Do you know that you need healing? Mm -hmm, Sometimes mm -hmm. that shame and silence is what's keeping us bound. Yeah. I don't know that not only are there so many other people around us who have experienced the same pain, but we don't know who's going to be feel empowered to get their healing because they see us being brave and walking through. Amen. Amen. You know, the word of God lets us know that we overcome how by the word, the word of God, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. You have to testify and tell the truth and shame the devil. We walking around here in shame, guilt, and condemnation. Put that back on the enemy. That's who it belongs to. You don't have to carry that. It's too heavy for you to bear. Amen. Amen. Oh, that is fantastic. So I want to shift here. What would you say was your defining moment? When you're like, you know what? this is the calling this is the assignment so you you talk about starting it you've had to have gotten a nudge before then how did you know that this was the assignment before taking that step because i know also a lot of the women listening in are influencers who believe that god has put something on the inside of them but they're so afraid of being perfect they're so afraid of being judged they're so afraid of not having the right credentials how did you know and what encouraged you to take this leap yeah so I had no intentions of writing my book. Let me tell you that. All right. So I had written some children's books, but while in prayer one morning, the Holy Spirit said, you can't skip over this. So I was like, skip over what, Lord? You know, I just want to be a voice for children. And the Holy Spirit very quietly, softly said, your story. Ooh. I had to sit there and like, my story? What is my story? And I said, okay, Lord, I will tell my story. But is it really my story or is it God's story? The footsteps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. God already mapped this out before the foundations of the world began. Everything that we go through in life, we're supposed to go through it because God has an expected end. He has a plan and a purpose for each one of our lives. And no one is exempt. We look at Jesus and what he endured on the cross. We got a cross to bear too. I know that really is frustrating. I don't like that part of the Bible. <laughs> really just like the promises peace mm -hmm. yeah yeah no we all have a cross to bear and god knows exactly what test trial pain to give each and every one of us to do what shape and mold us into his image you know that's so interesting that you say that because the other day i was in my prayer time and we're going through it. Even as we record this, I'm passing through some very high, high waters. Mm -hmm. One of my children. And what I heard was, you can be trusted. I'm like, trusted for what? 
<laughs> and, and you know, and sometimes guys, like I can trust you with trials. I can trust you to go through things and know that you're going to lean on me, that you're not going to buckle. I'm like, I really, you know, the, the name of our platform is the easy breezy life. And I'll be honest with you. I named it that because the scripture said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And none of my yokes felt easy. <laughs> none of the burdens felt light. So I have been on this pursuit for four to five years looking for the easy breezy life. I said, I know at the next corner of obedience, it's coming. Well, how did I tell you that? A lot of times when I'm finding when I obey, it gets me into more trouble. <laughs> now I'm Daniel in the lion's den and I'm like, are you coming to get me or what? <laughs> you know, like, like, like what is going on? Um, yeah. But I think what I I'm hearing you say is that that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And he's in our yesterday, our today, and our tomorrow and knows and, and, and can cause even the terrible things that have happened to us to work for our good and more importantly, the work and the good of others. Yes. And yes. I think that comparison to Jesus was so important because the Bible tells us that we will share in his sufferings and share in his glory, but we only hear about being joint heirs with Christ. And we don't hear about sharing the persecution and the problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of skipped over that maybe until this last year of my life about being, oh, wait, the Bible guaranteed that I would have trials and temptations. In fact, it says, be joyful. Yeah. I count it all joy. I'm like, really? yeah. <laughs> when you're going under, when you're suffering under many trials, many tribulations, oh, because Christ has overcome the world. Yes. And, and, and I think what I love about the work that you're doing is that um, God can use you, but it doesn't mean that you got to go on this journey alone. Right, right, right. So let's talk a little bit about your coaching program specifically and, and, and walk me through how you help women. Is it one-on-one? -on -one? Is it group coaching? If someone wanted to reach out to you today to start getting support, what does that look like? Yes, they will go to my website, footprintenterprisesllc.com, schedule a 30-minute consult free and we can uh, discuss what's going on. Let me see what your needs are and if I can meet your needs. We will start with that session. I offer a, a six week uh, course. This one is just starting your emotional healing journey where I should give you a five step process. Uh, the first step is face it. All right, we cannot heal from what we do not face. The second step is confess it. We must cast our cares upon the Lord because he cares for us. This is where you're going to do like an emotional dump. It's just you and God. Tell God all about it. Every little detail. Yes, you're going to cry. You're going to get it out. Uh, the third step is speak it. Find someone in your life, your circle that you trust to tell your story with. You give them a heads up. I'm going to need an hour. I'm going to need a two. I just really need to talk to you. If they don't have anyone in their life, I am available. We will schedule a time where you can talk and get it out of your system. Step four is to forgive it. There is no getting away around it. We must forgive so that we can heal. Step five is expose it. We expose our story why to be of an encouragement and inspiration to someone else not to talk bad about somebody else so-and-so did this so-and-so did that you're not healed yet we i expose my story to be an encouragement to someone so that they can get healed to let them know god brought me out he can do the same thing for you but you gotta let him do it 
Amen, amen, and amen. I love hearing you say that. Um, and, and I think I also love what you're hearing about saying uh, to be a source of encouragement. Now, I'm sure that when you were going out and, and stepping out to tell your story, right? Because I want to take our attention to the book. Um, that had to have been scary because this person was a family member. What, what, what you know, was it? Was I that, had no fear. I've had other women come on here who talked about their books and said, listen, I am healed and I'm whole and other people need to be blessed. And there's sometimes that even I'm editing the, the podcast episode like, okay, you can't, you can't post that. Because people are really sharing <laughs> with the intent to be a blessing. But, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, but what about that woman who's afraid to step out, afraid to expose it because people are watching? Hey, if you if you were afraid to tell it, to tell what the devil has done to you, oh, you afraid to expose of it, you don't want to be healed. Wow. Let's expose the enemy and stop thinking about exposing me. Amen. You did nothing wrong. The enemy, the devil did that to you. He set that up to defile you. Now let's defile him with the word of God and let's get healed. Why? Because there are some women waiting on you. They really are. They're so waiting on you to get healed. Many more than we think. Thank you for sharing that. So, so I would love to hear um, about the chapters in your book, what you cover in this book, and how women can get a copy of your book. Yes, yes. Uh, you can get a copy of my book on my website or Amazon. And the chapters in my book. Let's see here. Let me show you a photo of it first. Expose it. All right. Let your healing process begin. Never mind everybody else. Let's get ourselves together. All right. So chapter one, I talk about our enemy. All right. And I already talked about him. All right. Right up front, those five areas, those five senses, how mm -hmm. he likes to get into our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, the smell, taste, touch, eyes, hearing, how the enemy likes to get in. Chapter two, I talk about the surprise. And that was a surprise on my birthday party. Mm -hmm. Chapter three, I talk about a different kind of encounter. So once something happens to you, it's like, you have a target on your back. It's a, a hot, sunny day. I'm outside. I'm nine. This teenage girl pulls me on the side of the house and takes her hand and put it in my underwear. What? So I kept my behind in the house. You're talking about a scared little girl that used to be an extrovert, now an introvert. So the enemy definitely knows, knew that there was a call on my life. And he works best when we're young, when we're little, we're helpless, we're voiceless. Chapter four, I talk about the move. Uh, we were at one place and then the house caught on fire and then we moved to another home. Chapter five, I talk all about being fearful. How the spirit of fear will set in 
and stop us in our tracks from moving forward in life. Chapter six, I talk about those family secrets. We all have them. Mm -hmm. Those family secrets lead to generational curses. It is time out for hiding that mess that has happened in our families. And then it plagues our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. God says what? That he would visit the sins, right? To the third or fourth generation. And it's up to you to be the generational curse breaker. It's your, it's your job. Right. Step into the gap. Mm-hmm. Yes. Chapter seven, I talk about the bait. Say, what's that? The bait. Right. What is the bait? Tell us. <laughs> the grooming. How this guy tried his best to groom me. But I wasn't having it because I hated him with a passion. He would like to buy me things. He even named his TV a repair shop after me. I hated man. I hated him. Chapter eight, I talk about being fatherless. You know, the father's role is so important in a child's life. Chapter nine, I talk about love starved to true love, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places until I met a man that loved me unconditionally. In chapter 10, I talk about forgiven to forgive. God has forgiven me. I must forgive. Why? So that he will continuously forgive me. Chapter 11, Pain, passion, and purpose. Because of my pain, I am passionate about my purpose to help other women be set free. Amen. That is so amazing. That is so amazing. I have to ask, what narratives did you play for yourself in finding a way to forgive someone? You know, it's one thing if you feel like, um, you are you were in a, a a challenge or a conflict with an equal and something happens and you gotta forgive. It's another thing to be an innocent child and to have to forgive that. How did you get there? What did you tell yourself? Uh applied the word of God. I decided to not let this person have control over me. Mm. So whenever you come into contact with the individual that harm you you feel something, you feel something in your stomach, you may get tense, you may get a headache, you may run to the other side of the room. You have given that person control over you because when they step on the scene, you change. Instead of you standing up and using your voice, look them in the eye, you did this to me Mm. and expose it. Stop hiding, stop running and expose it. Mm. You are even uh, ministering to me in this very moment. Jesus, to God be the glory. You you know, the one thing I love about following God is that when you obey what he tells you to do in the process, you're blessed by it. Yes. And, And really understanding because even this morning, as I prayed, I heard, 
when you react even to your offender, you've given them power over you. So yes. the prayer needs to be that you are able to remain in me no matter who or what tries to come up against you. Yes. That's yes. how we show true indifference. That's yes. how we show true deliverance. That's how we show that we're really free. Yes. By, by remaining steady. So yes. I appreciate hearing you say that because um, it's a confirmation for me today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have God in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God is with you. God is behind you. He is before you. He has his angels covering you. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord. Thank you. So how do women get a hold of your book? Yes, you can go to my website, footprintenterprisesllc.com or Amazon. Mm-hmm. And how can they find you on social media? Social media. Let's see. YouTube. I need some followers on YouTube. YouTube is at Ivy Caldwell. Uh, Facebook is Ivy Caldwell. My personal account, uh, my business account is uh, author Ivy Caldwell on Facebook. Instagram is Footprint Series. Fantastic. Fantastic. Miss Caldwell, or Elder Caldwell, I should say, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I felt liberated in the process of having this conversation with you. And I know that members of our community are going to get a copy of this book. I'm hoping they reach out to you. I hope anyone who is sitting there allowing an experience of sexual trauma or abuse to take a choker hold over their life finds the courage to kick the devil out. Amen. Um, We are a community of women helping women. And so if you know that this is the kind of support that you're needing, I want to encourage you to click on the link in the episode notes and connect with Ms. Caldwell so she can help you get free. Because nobody helps a woman get free than another woman who's had to wrestle that very same battle, demon, or circumstance. All right. Thank you so much, Ms. Caldwell. God bless you. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) You're always welcome here at the Easy Breezy Life. All right, ladies, we will see you next week for another episode of season nine. Be blessed. And don't forget, share, like, tell a friend.